how to dodge cars. And it will be exciting. And the evening will go very quickly for you. Okay? So uh, I highly recommend it. We'll have a great time. I'm already, I've already been practicing holding up the candle. So I just want you to just kind of practice with me these next few weeks because it is amazing. If you've not been here before, uh, we give everybody a candle and all the lights go out. And Man, it is a powerful moment for us and it's very intimate and uh, very strong. So I hope that you can make plans to, uh, to be there. Well, man, what a great season. I'm, I'm so excited for Christmas. I, I was just saying a while ago, and I, I just want to repeat it. I just, I've had this urgency uh, for the Christmas story. I've just had this kind of renewed passion for what this means to the world. And so much of the world doesn't know it. And it breaks my heart. And I, I'm, just, I'm just wanting to give myself fully to celebrating Jesus coming to this earth. And not just get caught up in all the stuff that we can so easily get caught up in. And I've just been guarding my mind and guarding my heart and trying to pray, God, show me how to see you. And I've been reading the Christmas story over and over. And we're talking about Mary this weekend. Then we're going to talk about Joseph next weekend. And then Jesus the following weekend. And we'll kind of just really look at the whole story and all the factors. But some events coming up. Uh, Pastor Darrell mentioned Christmas Eve. But next Thursday night... I uh, don't want you to miss it. Our choir and orchestra, we got a lot of stuff going on up here. It's going to be a real highlight next Thursday night at 6.30 right here in this room. So we hope you'll be there. So, well, um, we're going to look at a message that I have simply called Nightmare Turned Celestial. Because we're going to kind of look at a few of the dreams of Christmas. And I want to take just a moment and welcome our Windsor campus and uh, God bless you guys. Hang in there. Keep up the good work. It's a, it's a wonderful day. I, I think about Mary and I think about the, the could-be nightmare for her in this story. And if you're not really familiar with the story, I will do my best uh, to, to walk you through why this is such a shocking situation uh, in the Bible. And for those of you that have been around God and Christmas and church for years... I want you to work hard today to, to open your heart and mind to say, what was it really like for her? Because God has a message for all of us, not just for Mary, through her story. And that's what I want us to get. I, I was thinking about this story and how hard to fathom it is. God actually shows up to this young gal who is just a normal, young, probably most scholars believe a very young teenage girl. And, and he basically gives her some news that she's going to bear the child of, of God. And that's a pretty, <laughs> that's a big deal, don't you agree? So we're going to look at how that happens and, and what happens. Um, here's the deal. Like, if, if an angel of the Lord came to you, especially to the women, because if an angel of the Lord came to me and said I was going to have a baby, it would be more of a freak out than a woman, Right? But at least as a woman, if you know the story of Mary, you have a reference point. Like, like you could say, oh, you mean like what happened to Mary? You're going to do that again? And the angel could say, yeah, get ready. And you go, okay, got it. But Mary didn't have a Mary in, in her life. She, she hadn't heard the story before. She is the story. So it's, it's, it's not even something she can fully comprehend. And you're going to see that. You're going to see by her answer at the end in Luke 1, you're going to see when she answers, I'm not certain at that point she believes it's true. And you can disagree with me. That's fine. You have the right to be wrong. 
No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> um, we, we don't have to agree on that. But it is fascinating the way that she, what she says. But she has never encountered an angel before to our knowledge. There's no record in Scripture of her saying, well, when I was seven, this happened to me. And God told me to be ready when I was 16 or 14 or whatever, however old she is. We, we don't know of any time she ever has been uh, encountered God in a, in a physical way like this. And so this is all brand new to her. I want that in your, in your mind before we even look at the text. So if you're following along in the outline, there's six things I want you to jot down. Number one is this. Does God, and I mean this seriously, in our lives, does God intervene or interfere? How many of you immediately thought both? Okay, okay. I, I, I sort of had that, that feeling too. Sometimes God does intervene, and I'm thankful. And if we're not careful, we can view God sometimes as interfering, though God wouldn't view it that way because He knows all along what's going on. It's just that we are not in the know. So it can come across like an interference. In this story, case in point, there's a big interruption. If it's not interfering, it's, it, it's for sure at the least an interruption in Mary's life. And so let me just read what happens in verse 26. Luke 1, leave, leave your Bible open. We're just going to go verse by verse. In the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, which is a whole other deal. I'll talk about just briefly in a second. God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth which is just a podunk place, hole in the wall, back in these days, crazy, a village in Galilee, to a virgin, that's very important, whose name was Mary. She was engaged to be married to a man named Joseph. Now, engagement in, in those days, the culture there, this is a very big deal. It's celebrated and announced, and a lot has happened already in their relationship. And he's a descendant. Of King David, which is very important because of the bloodline being traced back from King David. That's the Messiah's bloodline. This angel is basically coming in and telling Mary she's going to have a baby. Now, what's happened in Luke 1, if you, if you have your Bible open, what's happened down through, down to verse 23, 26? It's another story about who? Anybody remember off the top of your head? John the Baptist. Now, now his parents were named Zechariah and Elizabeth. They're old, okay? And Elizabeth has never been able to have a baby. And God shows up and says to Zechariah, your wife is going to have a baby. How many of you guys would freak out if God told you that, okay? And he doesn't believe it. As a matter of fact, he's, he's kind of rebuked by God, and he can't speak for quite a while because he, he says, how can it be? That's impossible. And God's like, hey, because you said that, you're not going to be able to talk for a while. Because God is God. He's interrupting again. He's intervening. Or He's interfering. He's doing something here. And Zacharias says, Elizabeth, you're, you're, you're going to have a baby. And, and, and she's like, really? Are you serious? Now here's what I want you to see in the paradox of this story. In the same chapter, you have, it's too late, we're too old. And then you have this young, engaged couple. It's too early. We're not ready. And I'd like to make a declaration to you. Regardless of your stage in life, it is never too late for God to do the impossible. And it is never too early in your life for God to do the impossible. 
because God is God. And I think it's, it's not just a coincidence that these stories are right there together. It's too late. It's too early. And God's saying, it's perfect. What a God we serve. Does he just, does he just lay around heaven thinking up stuff like this? It's fascinating to me. God has perfect timing. Sometimes we don't like the timing of God because we're not in the know. Does it ever seem like, like the best timing for God is not the best timing for you? How many of you have had a time in your life when that kind of seemed like the case? I certainly have. Mary is engaged. Now, this is a big deal because it's not the best time to get pregnant by someone else. She's going to have some explaining to do. Even if it's the Spirit of God. It's not very good timing. Yet God doesn't see it that way. God sees what man doesn't see. God sees a picture you don't see today. God sees the light at the end of the tunnel and beyond the tunnel. We see this far. He sees forever. And He has a big picture idea in mind for your life. Especially if you have said... I am yours, use me how you wish. What if he took you up on that? Then there is no such thing as interference. Because you've already declared, use my life. So anything that happens in you is fair, to you is fair. This is going to alter Mary's life forever. Listen, did she pray to be the mother of Jesus? Do you think she got up one day and said, you know, it would be so cool if... God decided to conceive and have a son as the Savior of the world, and I could be the mom? No. She wouldn't have even thought like that. But God had this idea. Here's my point. You can't think of the solution in your life fully right now with the stuff you're facing. But God can. God knows. God's already at work doing some things you don't even know about right now. And you might be just fretting and worried and anxious because you don't know God has a plan for your life. And when we don't fully embrace it and fully believe it, then we miss it. What does it mean to say, here I am, God. Use my life as you see fit. Wow, it's powerful. How many of you wish you wouldn't have said that? No, don't raise your hand. Number two, I don't always know that God is at work. Okay, I want to talk... I want to talk about those times and those moments when you just go, I love God, I know He's doing stuff, but it doesn't really seem to be around me. Because we don't always know what He's up to. The angel, Gabriel, appears to her and he says to her, Greetings, favored woman, the Lord is with you. Verse 28. Greetings, favored woman. I'll just make this real quick. Greetings is basically just saying, Hi there. It's this real celestial being named Gabriel. And he's trying to say, don't be alarmed. <laughs> really? <laughs> I mean, an angel taps you on the shoulder and says, hi, I'm, I'm Gabe from heaven. God sent me and I got a message. You're, you're favored. Wow. The Lord is really with you. Favored woman just means you are special. God has noticed something about you that is special. God's favor is upon your life. Then he says, the Lord is with you. Whether you know it or not, whether you feel it or not, God is with you. 
No, he's not really with me. Yes, he is. He really is. Now, I don't know what that, what that shape looks like. I, all week I've been, I've been thinking about what that could look like in terms of like, where are you? Um, because physically I can't, you, you can't catch God. Like you can't go, oh, I touched him, you know. Um, it's a spirit. But the presence of God is near. It's upon the earth. He moves to and fro on the earth right now. I heard one guy say one time, if the grace of God was lifted off of the earth, you wouldn't have enough sense to know how to get home. And that goes for those who are redeemed and those who are not. Those who believe or not, the grace of God is still on the earth right now. And it's a blessing to all of us who live here. But I want you to know, the presence of God is near to you. And no matter what you're facing, I want you to reach out and speak faith to that nearness of God this week when you are even doubting. Number three, the will of God is one day at a time. You know, it's fascinating when you, when you make the will of God this big mystery. Like, I remember stages in my life when I was like, okay, God, what is your will? Please tell me your will and, and I'll do it. I need to know, am I supposed to do this or that or go here, go there, take this job, take that job? What's your will? What's your will? And I think I've learned that basically his will is just doing, doing what he puts in front of you right now, today. Mary didn't know yesterday that Gabriel was going to show up and tell her that her life would be altered forever. But she still had favor with God. Am I, is that true? Is that a good... Or do you think she just woke up that day and God goes, Oh, wow. Haven't seen Mary. She's special. No. He, he was with her all along. It's just that on this day, the message was sent. And that's what we need to know, is that God is with us Always. Now look at, this is a great verse. Verse 29. Confused and disturbed, Mary tried to think what the angel could mean. She's, she's got the favor of God on her, but she's confused. She's disturbed. Don't be afraid, Mary, the angel told her. You have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you will name him Jesus. It's that simple, Mary. <laughs> Don't be nervous. Don't be afraid. You're going to have a baby. It's God's son. It's all going to work out. Mary's not ready for this. She's not waiting this day for this day with anticipation. She is confused. She is disturbed. And then, boom, this, this angel says, you're going to have a baby. Now, for a woman, I've never been a woman. And so I can't fully comprehend what it might feel like for someone to tell you, especially an angel, when you know it's true, to say, you're going to have a baby, and it's going to be really a special child. So ladies, I don't know. I just think you need to think about what Mary was, what was going through her mind with this message, because she is not married. Joseph doesn't know anything about this yet. We're going to look next week. He, he, he's going to break up with her. It's not all smooth. You'd think, you'd think that God would make it all smooth, but he doesn't. They, they wrestle emotionally as to whether they should stay together or not. Sometimes the will of God is just unfolding one day at a time right in front of us. And we just step into that next step. 
We just do that next thing that God asks us to do. And it's, it's, there's no rehearsal. It's, it's live. And you don't really get to practice. You just respond to the presence of God in your life and you just show up. Next week, you're going to hear a powerful story from Ken and Debbie Summers. How one mosquito almost took his life. Don't miss it. It's, it's a powerful, powerful little moment that we're going to have. I don't understand that story. I don't know why. But you guys have taken one step at a time, one day at a time, sometimes one moment at a time. And for some of you going through stuff right now that you didn't sign up for, just take one more step. Just, just, just take one more step today. It's just saying, God, I'm going to trust you today. I don't understand. I'm confused. I'm disturbed. And by the way, that word means a little frustrated and confused about what really the message is. Is it really the message from God? Number four, <laughs> you may be the last one to know. How many of you have a life like that pretty much most of the time? You may be the last one to know. Let's, let's look at this because in this story we see something unique about Mary. Now, I, I find what I'm about to read to you, I find this very, um, it, it shows the perspective of, of a celestial being, like an angel, versus a human being. And just, just think about this with me. What, what the angel does right here in the story is kind of hilarious. Because he goes off into his realm of thinking, unrelating to anything Mary is feeling right now with the news that she's going to have a baby. She's, how many of you think when he said, you're going to have a baby, that the whole world stopped in that moment and she's not gotten past that, that point? Okay, I think that's what happened. But the angel keeps going. The angel gets excited. Verse 32. It's the very next verse. The angel says, He will be very great. Talking about Jesus. He will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give Him the throne of His ancestor David. He will reign over Israel forever. His kingdom will never end. And blah, 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 blah. And Mary's going, I'm going to have a baby. This angel is like already at page 10. And Mary's at the introduction. She, she can't get by that. And sometimes that's what it's like when you walk with God. Is you don't always see that big picture. This angel is describing what the next hundreds, hundreds of years are going to unfold. Because the angel sees it. I don't, know, I don't know what the angels knew about this story. I don't know if this was announced throughout heaven a thousand years before. I don't know. Angels had been a part of the work of God on the earth all through the Old Testament. And there, there might have been some knowledge. And so this angel Gabriel is like letting loose of all the tension of what, what a great day this is. He's almost like, get over it, Mary. You're going to have the Son of God. And he's this and this and this and this and this and this and this. And, this. and she's just stuck right there. I think Mary is saying, I'm going to have a baby. Are you kidding me? This is so typical of how we often go through life. We're not even really, we don't even know how directly we are related to the God pieces that God might be doing. I, I want you to just, I want to really challenge you. What's frustrating to you right now? Like think of a person that's kind of frustrating to you. Not, it could be your family member. It could be one of your kids. It could be your neighbor. I just want you to ask the question, why are they in my life? And am I the answer for them? 
Is there something bigger in the scheme and plan of God that puts them in my world? Because there probably is. And there's probably something that if you own it like that and you take a hold of that and you start to say, God, show me how this fits. There could be a piece that, that is different five years from now because of the decisions that you make in the next week or two about that relationship. Can I choose to live more intentional knowing and believing that God is at work in me and through me? If I really believe that, then, then it changes my daily grind. Because everything I do is an opportunity. And there's purpose in your life. And there's meaning in your future. And you don't have to doubt that. You don't have to live for that. You can, you can know that it's true. And God has a plan and He will take you there. Number five. You may not understand. Now, this is where the story gets pretty complicated with her human logic. And we've talked about this before, but we have to talk about it at Christmas time because it's just such a reality. She is stuck with the human piece and can't get around it. Now this is, you guys, though we're talking about the Christmas story, this is exactly what we do with the dilemmas in our life. And so there's definitely a connection here. Verse 34, after the angel goes on and on about who Jesus is, it comes right back. And Mary, it's almost like she stops the angel Or he finally realizes she's not tracking. And Mary simply says, how can this happen? I am a virgin. She doesn't respond to all the great things Jesus is, the rule of the world, eternal king, the rule of the ancestor of David. She didn't say anything. She just says, how how can I be pregnant because I am a virgin? The angel replied, the Holy Spirit will come upon you. The power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the baby to be born will be holy, and he will be called the Son of God. What's more, your relative Elizabeth has become pregnant in her old age. People used to say she was barren, but she has conceived a son, and now in her sixth month, here's the takeaway line for the whole chapter, verse 37. Just say it with me, ready? For nothing is impossible with God. Say it again. Nothing is impossible with God. Do you believe that? I, I don't know if I fully do. Like, like I have things in my life I think, it's impossible. And then I feel guilty. I'm a, I'm a pastor. I'm really supposed to believe this. You know what I mean? And then I go, okay, I, I, I really, I kind of do believe it, but I, I don't know that I always live in a way that I really I'm really living it out. Do I, do I believe nothing is impossible with God? And that's where I've been all week, just in this teeter-totter. How many of you have ever done teeter-totter? What happens when someone bigger than you gets on the other end? They can just suspend you right at the top. And I feel like sometimes that's what God does to me is He just steps on His side of the board and I'm like dangling up here, holding on, going, Ooh, okay, let me down. Nothing is impossible with God. Let's really live this with Mary. What's she supposed to say to this? 
How, how was she really supposed to respond? This has never happened before in all of history. And she's supposed to just say, oh, okay, well, that makes sense. The Holy Spirit, the Most High, okay. She doesn't say that. I'm not sure she fully understands it. But she does believe nothing is impossible with God. What's your impossibility? You say, well, you don't know my financial picture. No, I don't. But God does. God does. God knows where you are in your marriage. God knows what you're facing. God knows the, the, the deeds of your heart. He knows the stuff that, that are, are, is hidden. And He loves you. He loves you in spite of anything that you have held back in rebellion or darkness against God. And God says, I love you and I want to spend you. I believe in you. I have a purpose for you. There's nothing you can do but just respond to my love. Accept it. That's why I've come. That's why I've sent my son. Wow. Health issues that are beyond your control. I know. Nothing is impossible with God. The, the easy way out theologically has been to say, well then... Why doesn't why don't aren't Christians just why don't they just always stay healthy forever? There's nothing impossible. Why doesn't he just heal us? And we never get cancer and we never have heart failure and we never have diseases because we're believers and and uh, and God takes care of, of his kids. I don't know. But I know nothing is impossible and God can do anything that he chooses to do. And sometimes he doesn't choose to do what I want him to do. And sometimes he chooses to do things I'm not sure I want him to do. And that's complex. But that's what Mary's living. That's what Mary's living. And that's what some of you are living. And you can trust him. You can trust God. The last thing I want to say is, what is your response? What is your response to this message? How will you respond? Because this is, this is what I was talking about earlier when Mary doesn't say, okay, now I understand. Thank you for explaining that, Gabriel. Wow, it's all clear to me now. Oh, if you would have just started with that, I wouldn't have been so freaked out. No? You know what she says? This is fascinating. In verse 38, this is her response to everything the angels just said about Jesus, the Son of God, her pregnancy, the Most High, her conception, everything that is happening. She just simply says this. I am the Lord's servant. May everything you have said about me come true. She doesn't say, I believe it's true. She doesn't say, I know this is right. It feels good in my heart. She doesn't even own the words yet to say, I really want this. She says, may what you said about me. Not what I'm saying about me. May what you said about me come true. And then I love her declaration in the beginning because that's the resolve. That's the resolve that we have to get to today. Okay? Here it is. I am the Lord's servant. <laughs> I'm sorry if this seems too repetitive, but say it with me if you want to. I am the Lord's servant. How simple and yet profound that is. If, if I say that and mean it, both would say, all bets are off. Because God says, okay. 
and let's have a baby called Jesus, Mary. <laughs> and Mary says, okay, may it happen as you have said, because I am the Lord's servant. Guys, that's the greatest identity that you can have. That's the greatest identity. You know, we talk about the power of a name. We talk about legacy, heritage. We talk about all of that. But I am the Lord's servant is the greatest statement that could ever be said about your life. You realize that? It's the best. So regardless of the haves, the have-nots, those who are ready for Christmas, those who are not, those who are prepared, those who have perfect lives and marriages and those whose lives are all messed up and you never know what's going to happen tomorrow. It all just blows up every now and then. (laughs) Just be the Lord's servant. He's God and He loves you and He trusts you. Lord, I love you and I thank you. I'm not going to argue with an angel. Thank you that Mary doesn't try to explain why this won't work like I do sometimes. Thank you that she just surrenders to the statement of the messenger. (laughs) And thank you that she holds on to this promise. May it be. May it happen like he said. Show us where our faith is today to trust you, God. Help us to respond in a similar way. To trust you when it's impossible. To believe you when we're doubting. To be disturbed and confused and smack dab in the will of God. (laughs) Thank you, God. Just ponder these things, you guys. Take a moment. Just think about this. The Word of God is powerful and true. With heads bowed, I have two or three things that I want you to respond to just from your heart as you want to. I think there's some people in the room today that simply just want to lift their hands and say, okay, I surrender. I just need to surrender. I'm trying to do this and fix this and go there and make it happen. I've got to surrender. Just raise your hand if that resonates with your heart. I just have to surrender to God. That's the key. Amen. God bless you. It's a good thing been there. I raised my hand already to that one this week. Secondly, how many of you would say, you know, honestly, I need a message from God. I I, I really, I want to hear His voice. I want the tap on the shoulder. I, I welcome it. I, I just need to know that He's really with me and that there's purpose in my life. How many of you, that's the cry of your heart today? Okay. Okay. Lord, I just pray for my sisters, for my brothers, who have this this real question and this need to be spent by you to have a life that matters and counts for the kingdom of God. May they this week begin to say it. I am the Lord's servant. You guys that just lifted your hands, just say that under your breath several times and think about the words. I am the Lord's servant. Is it true? Is it right? I am the Lord's servant. Just say it this week over and over. Declare it. Make a declaration. And lastly, I just put this in here because I I feel, I don't know, my faith is really high right now. 
Some of you need to believe that there is nothing that is impossible for God. And you need to step out in faith like maybe you never have before. And I want to pray over you. If, if you want to make that declaration over something, an issue, a challenge, your life, nothing's impossible with God. Can I just pray with you? Lift a hand if you say, I, I wanna, I'm making that declaration. Lord, it's powerful when we look at your word and how you handled the human race with incredible vision and communication and love and the reality of being God. And we come to you on this day saying, we declare there's nothing impossible for you. Nothing. And I just pray over the circumstances, the situation that, that comes from the cry of these hearts that would make that declaration, not just out of selfish need or want, but out of a true movement from the spirit man in them that says, I believe that and I want to believe there's nothing impossible with God. God can do what man cannot Lord, help us to be that this week. The servant, the person walking, help us to just know that we can be comfortable in our own skin, that we can't make this happen. Mary wasn't seeking, she wasn't trying, she wasn't begging you. She simply showed up another day, and you showed up in her life in a new way. May it be true of us. And may you continue to be the Lord of this church, your church here at Timberline and around the world for the glory of God. If you're here and you're separated from God for whatever reason, this would be a great day to proclaim your faith in Him. You might not understand. You might be confused and disturbed. But I'd love to lead you in a prayer. Just say it with me. Lord, today's my day. I am separated from You because of the stuff in my life. You know what it is and I know what it is. Forgive me and cleanse me. I turn away from that. I repent of those sins. And I choose to believe that you are the Son of God who died on a cross for me. And I give you my life now as you gave me yours. Use me and spin me. And just say it under your breath. I am the Lord's servant. <laughs> and everybody said, Amen. I don't know that I've ever sung that song before, but I love it. I love it. What a declaration that we have just sung together. You are good to me. Do you believe that? He is, you guys. These altars are open. Our prayer team is up here. If you want to connect with somebody about anything going on in your life, thank you for being Timberline, not just coming to Timberline, because we aren't a physical address. We are a people group called the church. And uh, that's a verb and a noun. So let's be that. That's why we declare it and say it together. Ready? Say it with me. The service starts now. God bless you. Thanks for being here. Have a great weekend.